Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about dealing with isolation. Uh, The current measures to contain COVID-19 have affected us all on many levels. And Rebecca and I want to start today's podcast by expressing our best wishes for everyone's health and safety now and in the coming weeks. For today, we originally scheduled the second part of Rebecca's interview with Henry Martin, but instead we've decided to postpone that episode for the time being and address the effects of the pandemic on our lives and work as artists, along with some ideas for coping in this time of uncertainty and change. Uh, This is probably going to be a longer than usual episode, uh, as there is much to discuss, and it is all relevant in this moment of time. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Um, Yes, we are interested in collecting ideas that will be helpful in dealing with what we're all dealing with. Um, We all have a story at this point of what's going on in our own lives. I just uh, returned from Ireland a couple weeks early and managed to get a flight home. Uh, but it was a stressful trip, even though everything went pretty smoothly. But, um, you know, the concern, the the stress of it was difficult. Um, I'm happy to be home now. And uh, I am, I guess, quarantined for the next 14 days. Um and you know it's just but you don't uh, have any symptoms you're okay i do not no no i'm i'm just fine um and hoping it stays that way and um you know like all of us just trying to absorb what's what's going on um i think that we have a lot of concerns all of us about how this affects our our studio practice um our ability to focus we have things being canceled um events, workshops, gallery openings, some loss of income. I I put up a post yesterday on Facebook asking how people were dealing with this and collected some good ideas and I had some private messages as well. And that's we want to focus on those um ideas and and solutions as they are in right now with what we're facing. Uh because you know, the, the anxieties that we have, you know, it's mostly about things that are out of our control, right? Um, but what we can control, obviously, is how we ourselves deal with it, you know, our where we put our attention and our focus and um, what's important to us. So uh, I, I wanted to start out with a very thoughtful message that I got this morning from my friend and fellow artist, Allison B. Cook. So I just want to read this because she covers a lot of ground, and I think it's so well said. So she wrote that uh, seemingly overnight, the world went from being very external to way more internal, from engaging with the world to being at home inside my own thoughts more. Uh, I will most likely lose an amazing warehouse studio that's been like an artistic paradise. Twelve years of study abroad connections are now gone. And I wonder about the future of the small art school in Florence where I taught. Gallery life has disappeared altogether. I have strange feelings when I'm using art materials. Are they finite? Will they be available? Will I be able to afford them? It feels different painting in ways that seem slower and more poignant. It does feel good to work at home in my humble and familiar attic space. I'm grateful to have it here while practicing social distancing. Time feels shifted, expanded, and even more precious. Looking back through old sketchbooks is satisfying so many ideas from another time to work from. So the art world feels way smaller, but perhaps deeper. Um, This is all way too new to say, but already I definitely see and feel the spiritual implications, the cultural and personal reset. Um, And I... I love that Allison is finding um, these positive aspects of her situation, uh, even while she's facing some significant losses and and fears. Um, and through social media, phone calls, messages, etc., um, I find that a lot of people are sharing thoughts about good things that come out of difficult situations. Um, 
some spiritual insights, appreciation of solitude, uh, some very generous acts towards other people, um, innovative ideas. And I think that is the most healthy thing to focus on um, right now. Yeah, this uh, this whole thing is is going to affect every part of our lives. And I think that um, it requires holistic solutions. Um, and I think a big part of that has to be spiritual and our ability to cope with the fear and the panic and to not give in to that and to mm-hmm. try to remain generous towards others um, and to uh, and to really try to uh, control our own reaction to the situation and um, and and be our our best selves in a bad situation yeah um, and so you know true. something that that I've been doing because um, I've been trying to stay a little bit ahead of the of the panic buying and there's been, a bunch of situations where um, I got to the spot on the shelf for the thing that I was looking for and there was only a few left and it's happened with toilet paper, with bleach, with eggs. Um, and, uh, and every time I've taken enough for myself and I've left at least one of that item for other people. Yeah the next person is going to come along and, you know, instead of seeing a completely empty shelf, they're going to have that, that one last thing, you know, and that could be a really big thing for that person. And, you know, I don't need three gallons of bleach, you know, I'm going to grab enough for myself, an extra one so that I have one on hand. And, you know, I can, hopefully I can give that to somebody if they're in need, if I don't need it. Um, but I'm going to leave one on the shelf for somebody who I don't know. As yeah, well. that that basic generosity. I I see a lot of people talking about that. Think about the person um, who who doesn't have enough money to stock up on things, and they they've made it to the store to get what they need in that one trip, you know, and or maybe uh, an elderly person who's taking some significant risks and going out. And if they don't find what they need, they have to go out again and things like that. It's, you know, thinking beyond, yeah, like you're saying your own needs and what what can I leave for someone else? What can I do for right. someone else? And once you've taken care of yourself and I mean, I, I am encouraging everyone to to buy an extra of whatever you buy on a regular basis so that you have that extra on hand in case you can't get it. Um, but you know, also the, the point of having that extra on hand is, is if your neighbor is in need, um, you know, you're able to help that person and by helping each other through this, that's how we're all going to get through this thing. Yeah. And we can do that, uh, in an art context with art supplies too. Um, (laughs) That's true. Allison was saying that she, uh, is a little bit worried about her ability to get paints. And if you've got extra something that you're not using, um, you know, I think it's not a bad idea to to send that to a friend in need. Yeah. Yeah, that basic generosity is it it helps you feel good about yourself too and I think it helps combat the the fear and the isolation. Um and and when we talk about some of these specific ideas, some of them definitely involve reaching out to other people and staying connected socially even if you can't do it in person. Um well, so let's I, talk a little bit about about just dealing with the isolation and sure. the okay. practical aspects of this Absolutely. whole situation. Yeah, and I'd like to start with just staying on track with your studio practice. Um, as artists, I think we all recognize that we have this amazing thing uh, in our lives, that we're so committed to our work, and we have something that's very important for us to do with our time. And this is not true for a lot of people. There are many people who feel stuck in their homes without anything important or central to them uh, to be doing. So I feel so grateful for that, to know that I can still keep making my work and, and in many ways continuing with the most important parts of my life, even though I'm I'm quarantined right now. Um, so we all will end up with more time available. And certainly we can give a lot of that to our art practice. Um, also recognizing that we, a lot of people are feeling really scattered, you know, like it's, we're worried and anxious. And 
by committing to a schedule for your studio, I think that's a good idea because most people say that as soon as they do get into their studio and they start working, um, this is a refuge and a place that the rest of the world disappears. And this is very healthy. So I really um, encourage everybody to keep to a schedule with their studio and if you're home, there it is. If your studio is at home, and we'll talk in a minute about if it's not, but um, if it's available to you, absolutely use it as much as you can. Um, but the other thing, you know, kind of a, another side of having this extra time that many of us have is that, um, you know, we do have more time for downtime. And this is something a lot of artists sacrifice all the time. We tend to feel like we work constantly and if you normally have a really busy schedule, and I can speak to this personally, um, you know, you can appreciate the fact that your calendar has emptied out a bit. I, As much as I need and want all the things in my life that require travel and commitments, I have to say the fact that my calendar is now cleared for the next foreseeable future is, it, it's a some way a relief, you know, on that level of, wow, I... I'm I'm aware of how constantly I'm always preparing for the next thing and appreciating that right now I, I don't have to do that. Um we have a lot more flexibility with our time. You know, if your if your gallery show gets canceled or your galleries aren't wanting your work, um your studio time is your own now and you can really in uh give yourself over to that and uh enjoy that freedom to experiment and Maybe you're going to learn a new thing. Maybe there's something that you've you've wanted to learn, but you just didn't want to take the time. Well, now may be the time. Um, a lot of us have projects and ideas that we relegate to the back burner because we are trying to work towards a show or some demand on our time. And um, I'd say, like Allison was saying, going back through her old sketchbooks and things, um, you know, resurrect some of those ideas and know that now you do have time for them. And that's, that's kind of a good feeling. Um, there's lots of, um, stuff online or instructional videos and so on that you can also, um, watch or purchase and give yourself over to them and enjoy the time to really delve into those things. Um, I wanted to say something about studios more than, and, and certainly not everybody works in their house. And if you're isolating or if you've been told to shelter at home, you don't have your studio, and that's really tough. Um, or you may suspect that if you have your studio in a shared building, you may be getting some idea that that building is going to have to close. And this this has happened to people that I've heard from. They do get a little bit of warning, but you know, it's sort of in the air that this isn't going to go on. Uh, some people like Allison um, may have to give up a rented space because of the financial commitment. So basically it boils down to a lot of artists are having to move their stuff home and they're having to find a place in their house to work. If they've never done that before, that can be a challenge, you know, finding where you're going to do this. But all through our podcasts, occasionally we hit on this idea of a studio is what you make it. And if you, if you don't have that ideal space, um, you know, you can still make it work. And you may have to alter some things about the way you work. Maybe the scale. Maybe you got to go to a smaller scale. Maybe you have to change your medium somewhat. Uh, it's probably temporary to some extent. I mean, we don't, none of us know how long this is going to go on, but if you can adjust your expectations and you say, this is the new reality, I'm working on the kitchen table or whatever it is, um, and just say, that's how it is. And I'm glad I still have my art to do. And um, I, I will someday get back to my better setup. So, you know, Definitely a challenge, but I think one that if you're going to keep going with your work, you have to deal with that. Yeah, it's all about using what you have and improvising, adapting, and overcoming. 
And yeah. I think that that's something that a lot of us have have learned in our art practices um, because we were not able to always have the piece of equipment that we wanted or the space that we wanted or the materials that we wanted. True. And I think it's I think that a lot of us will end up falling back on a previous time when we kind of had that stuff figured out, you know, how to yep. how to work with limited materials, limited space. Um so yeah. I I think that if you if you remember a time when things were not as good, you'll remember how to survive and <laughs> That's a really how to, good how point. How to deal with this? Good point. I mean, I, I don't know of very many artists who were able to immediately access the the studio of their dreams. You know, we, we right. all worked in some crazy situations and cramped spaces and limited materials. And and for a lot of our listeners, that may be the situation they were dealing with already. And yes. they're well prepared to continue their art practice with limited supplies and limited space because that's what they've been dealing with all along. That's right. Um, and that basic commitment, that's that's what will see you through. And it's going to be an adjustment if you have to deal with less than you're used to. But um, Right. And I think it's, it, you know, through all of this, it's, it's so important to maintain the right mental attitude about mm-hmm. this whole circumstance. And it, we can apply that to everything that we discuss in today's everything. episode. Everything. Absolutely. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about, in terms of your studio practice, uh, people, a lot of people are mentioning that they have trouble focusing. Um, I experienced this myself in the in the last um, four or five days that I was in Ireland. Actually, before I had decided to come home, things were still a little bit up in the air. And then when I had decided and was trying to arrange my ticket, I, I really wasn't able to work. I was just so, I was on the computer constantly monitoring the news and the level of anxiety and unknowing you know was creeping in and I just couldn't seem to sit down and work or, or get get down to business um so I I think the root of that inability to focus to me at least and I think many people are saying this is how much you're exposed to how much time you're spending with the news and this is a personal decision we all have to make my feeling is um that consciously limiting how much time you're going to go down that rabbit hole of distressing information is uh, a good thing. Um, A lot of times just the headline or uh, the briefest information is enough to get what you need. Uh, And choosing to do that only a few times a day is wise, I think, in terms of your art practice, at least. If you feel you need to do this for other reasons, you know, that again, it's a personal choice, but it will distract you from your work. And at some level, going beyond the basic stuff that you need to know um, can be harmful to your state of mind. So at the same time, we all need to take this seriously and we all need to be informed. So finding that balance, there's always the balance, right? We talk about right. that so much. Um, taking in what you need, but when you when you sort of enter that zone of, you can feel it. You're just feeding your own um, fears. Then step away. Is my feeling? Is my advice? That's what I've been doing um, more consciously the last few days, and and being able to enter back into my creative zone more easily. It makes a difference. In in times of, of great stress and anxiety, um, we have a tendency to kind of seize up and go into like a paralysis mode. Mm-hmm. And um, or at least a lot of us do. Um, some of us become very active uh, in times of extreme st- stress and some of us kind of seize up. And yeah. the uh, when you when you go into that paralysis mode. Um, if what you end up kind of zoning out into is uh, fear-based, is is what's on the news, or um, even if it's just, you know, like whatever Netflix show you're binging, it's very hard to get out of that cycle. Um, and especially with the news, because it's feeding into your fear, it's creating more anxiety, more paralysis, or it's uh, it's causing you to think that you should be um, maybe focused on things that are not 
productive, like buying 64 rolls of, of toilet paper. Um, <laughs> right. And, and I, I think that it's important to realize that um, news, television news is in the business of generating ratings. And they have everything to gain by keeping you in that state, uh, by keeping you in a state of perpetual fear and paralyzed in front of the television. Um, because that's that's how they get ratings, yeah, and that's what they're selling. And I I think it's just important to kind of be conscious of of what who is providing you with this information, and what do they have to gain by it. Mm-hmm. And I I think that you'll realize that it's it's a good idea to, as you say, to distance your maybe practice social distancing from news media <laughs> uh, as much as from you know. Yeah. other people out in public. Well, and- you know, and it occurs to me too when you're talking about TV um, and the way that it captivates us, maybe we have more control over when we're reading the news um, online. Right, I or, think that's true. Because you you can, it's easier to walk away from it, I think, when you feel like, okay, that was enough, or setting a timer or something, whatever works for you, uh, choosing certain stories to read and that's it, then you're done. Well, and and television news media is kind of built on this model of taking the same basic pieces of information and rephrasing them over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so it's like you've got the information by the time you've watched 15 minutes of television news and it's time to – you can come back in a few hours and if there's any new developments, hey, you're only a few hours behind. Right, and they they will give you the most important stuff for the most part. And so, you know, yeah, you don't need to hear it repeated and – People opinionated, people's opinions about it, and on and on. It's it's recycled in a lot of ways, and so to try to be conscious of, um, you know, what what will I take from this smorgasbord of things that are going on out there, taking right. the most important bits, and and really, if you if you are okay with just reading stuff online, uh, that's that may be more controllable. Uh, not having to watch the images. Moving images are so captivating. Right, anyway. right. Yeah. Um, and and I, online we can also connect with other people. We can connect with other artists on yes. social media. Yeah, one of the things, um, I mean, they go into this a little bit more in a minute, but social media becomes important in these times. So uh, just to finish up on the response to the news um, and that feeling of panic, and as you were saying, paralysis sometimes, what can you turn to that helps you um, get out of that? And one of the things that I think about is knowing that this problem um, is a worldwide problem and that there are so many people working to to find solutions and to work through it. Uh, it's, it's like nothing we've ever experienced uh, in our lifetimes. This The level of commitment to solving it is extreme. And so... That gives me hope. And there's a lot of brilliant people who are focused on this right now. And besides the fact that just everyday people are all sharing in this, it's there's a level of support there that is kind of comforting. And I also think that whatever spirituality means to you, um, however you access the part of you that finds some way to calm yourself or to access bigger ideas than yourself those are those are important things to to give some time to whether it's reading or listening to something unfortunately a lot of people gain comfort by gathering with other people and we can't do that right now but there are things to read or things to listen to that can help you um yeah and there's some really good apps out there for uh like daily meditations or daily devotionals mm-hmm. uh, and whatever you believe spiritually it's a really good time to to refocus on those things yeah and sometimes you have to do that really consciously it's so easy right. to fall into a mode where you're not really accessing that i i noticed that myself and i either i'm too busy or too wrapped up in other things and really to take some time and connect with whatever that is for you. Um, yeah, I have uh, I have an app on my phone, and I, I allow very, very few applications to send me notifications. Uh-huh. Um, it's really only if somebody's trying to contact me or if it's something that I need to know for work. But I do have one that sends me like a daily devotional every day right around the time when I'm waking up so that mm. rather than engaging with 
news or social media first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. I'm reading something that's going to kind of uplift me and something that has, uh, um, you know, something I can meditate on throughout the day. And uh, so there's there's a number of really good apps out there that'll do that for you. Yeah. And when you say it comes to you first thing in the morning, um, I, for some time now, have been avoiding uh, looking at news or anything, Facebook or anything, when I first get up and instead doing something like journaling or looking at art books or something, reading something good. And it does make a difference. When you start, the first thing you do in the morning is you start, you know, feeding yourself with this kind of horrifying news. Yeah, yeah. It really sets a tone for the day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so the last thing I do want to talk about in this, or the couple more things in this kind of category of supporting your art practice, finding ways to connect with other artists, even if you can't be with them physically and social media is huge for that. Um, also other things that you can do on your computer, such as video calls. Um, and I've been noticing a lot of things on social media, a lot of interesting solutions people are coming up with. Some galleries are now uh, putting up virtual versions of sh- of art exhibits that were canceled, right? So they they're saying, "Well, here's so and so's show." You know, it's nothing like the real thing, of course, but you can still show your support for that artist or enjoy seeing their work by visiting the virtual version. Um, a lot of artists are posting favorite paintings. Uh, asking other people to post favorite paintings, you know, by whoever. And this kind of reaching out, there's a lot of engagement going on. If you've avoided social media to this point, such as Facebook or Instagram, I mean, I say give it a try at this point because it really does alleviate some of the isolated feeling. And and most of it is very positive right now. Um, You'd be surprised, uh, at least in my feed, I'm encouraged by people's attitudes and their solutions to this sort of thing. I noticed one of my friends posted um, something about she was using FaceTime and it was happy hour and she was getting together with a friend, having a glass of wine <laughs> in their in their own spaces and talking about their work with each other. That's and such thought, a good idea, though. I know. It's just like, okay, you can't do this face-to-face, but... You're going to enjoy each other's company and have a little social time uh, online. Well, and we have this incredible tool in the internet. Um, and it's, uh, I, I think that the virtual gallery show is, is such a, a cool idea because, yeah, it's not as, as good as being there in, in the flesh. But I think that we're going to see a whole lot of innovation come out of this and a whole mm-hmm. lot of, um, you know, businesses and just people in general doing things online that they never would have thought to do otherwise and that actually are probably going to continue when this is all over because you know something like a virtual uh gallery show it has such a such a broader reach you know you can reach people all over the world with something like that i mean there are there are advantages to it that you know, you don't get when you, if you have to right. go to the gallery, m- most people never make it to the opening. So, right. um, uh, and you know, this idea of connecting with all the different video, um, you know, face to face ways that we have of doing it on the computer. Another one, another person commented on my Facebook question, something about, um, she was going to get to another art, get together with another artist on FaceTime or whatever it was, or Zoom. And actually, they were going to paint together. So I thought, oh, that's so sweet. I mean, that's really cool to connect in that way. Um, Maybe in ways you never would have thought of before. I also wanted to mention um, my friend here in New Mexico, Cindy Stapper. She's been brainstorming with how to... um, how to connect with people. And we were talking this morning about it. We were messaging each other about the fact that sometimes you really do want to see somebody in person. Okay, so you, you're you not supposed to see them in person or only from a distance. But she came up with this idea of you could have some friends meet at a restaurant in their cars, stay in the car, get the takeout, sit in the car, and everybody's on Zoom or something, and they can talk and eat their food and and see each other out their car windows, you know. Right, thought, right. Well, okay, that's 
a little bizarre, but these are strange times. Um, well, and you'll probably be able to pick up the restaurant's Wi-Fi so that yes. you're not using up all your cellular data. True to enough. Do that. And it's just like, I mean, she's she's really um, uh, a generous person and coming up with interesting ideas. Another thing she is doing for some of the people she knows that are quarantined right now is to actually deliver food to their, um, buy the food from a restaurant that is uh, struggling and bring it to those, these people's houses and leave it on their porch. And, you know, you can wave through the window or whatever. And um, it's, it's so, such a thoughtful, generous thing to do. And these kind of actions, I think, are going to get us through. It's just, uh, we have to be uh, innovative, I guess. So right. here's a- well, and you bring up something important there, too, and that's just supporting local businesses that are struggling. Absolutely. A lot of bars and restaurants are going to go out of business because of this. And a lot of, of businesses in general are going to go, they're going to be closing their doors for good. And the yeah. bills don't stop. Um, and having to to close your doors for even a short period of time for a lot of these businesses means that they're not able to make rent and uh or or pay their utilities or pay their their workers yeah and yeah it's it's putting a tremendous amount of economic pressure onto everyone so it is. as much as you're able to to continue normal commerce um yep. is uh is gonna be important absolutely um and yeah i i have you know want to spend a little bit more time on that whole aspect of it in just a second because it's a big one we're all facing some financial issues right now. Um, and just a few more thoughts on this idea of supporting your studio practice or keeping it going, keeping your energy, your motivation. Um, so I'm going to take an idea from my business partner, Jerry McLaughlin, who mentioned on Facebook that he was making some art for his own home. Uh, I think he called it uh, self self commissions. And I thought, what a great idea for now when you know, we're not feeling the demand for galleries. I don't think any gallery anywhere is calling up artists and saying, I need you to send me this or that. It's just it's just dead out there. Uh, so the idea of looking around your house and saying, well, I'd kind of like this certain painting. I'd like to fill this space with a certain kind of painting, and I think I'll go paint it, you know? It's like, that's brilliant, and it gives you a chance to do something that you probably wouldn't take the time to otherwise. So I wanted to put that one out there. And then um, the last thing I wanted to talk about, just in terms of keeping your focus on your studio, has to do uh, with, there are people uh, listening to this, I'm sure, whose children are now um, home from school, and this is... a uh, a big challenge because you're used to having your day to yourself and doing your work. Um, And this is a pretty big topic, probably outside the scope of this particular episode, because it involves some aspects of parenting that, you know, you have to figure out for yourself how much, um, how much time are you going to still try to claim for your own studio work? And I think it's important to try to claim some, if your children are old enough to occupy themselves for a while, um, to to continue to do your own work. A lot of people are facing this no matter what they do because they have other jobs that they're doing from home. So it's not just artists here. But um, so some, we don't know how long this is going to go on, right, with the school situation. In the short term, um, I would say not to stress about it too much and put the stress on your kids. Maybe we all need a little downtime right now. Uh, but in the long term, if this goes on, um, it is going to impact your kids and their education. And we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast. And and Ross, you mentioned there's a lot of stuff online that kids could be doing, and that would allow them to spend time uh, involved in something educational that would free up the artist and the family to do their thing. Right. There's a, there's a lot of actually like public schools are doing distance learning now. Um, and there's also just a lot of really good school programs that um, can be purchased or even ones that are free. Um, and there's also, even if you don't want to do like, uh, a specific curriculum with it with your kids if there's some especially if they're older if there's some specific skill 
um, that they can be learning. Maybe they're interested in graphic design or video production. Um, you know, there's there's some really great free or or extremely inexpensive learning services out there. Um, uh, the one that I'll mention is Skillshare. Um, they don't give us money. Uh, we don't have a promo code for them, but they do have a lot of really good, uh, services available online. Also the entire MIT course catalog is free online. Um, and so there's, there's so many educational services, uh, particularly if you have older kids, but even for younger kids, there's free educational games. There's, there's free educational software out there. Um, and, uh, and there's a lot of resources for parents and, and a lot of people looking for, for this kind of material for their kids. Right. And I know, I know a lot of, a lot of parents don't want to, you know, they, they don't encourage a lot of screen time for their kids, but I would say right. in this situation, um, you have to look at that again and say, well, let's, let's give them screen time, but, but make it worthwhile, you know? Right, right. And because well, that's going to free is, you up to do your this work. This is the direction that education is going across the board. Um, as as your kids get older, this is this is how they're going to learn. Um, you know, so much of uh, university course catalogs are are online now. Yeah. And uh, you know, as as they grow up, this is this is the way that education is is going to be a part of their life. Uh-huh. Um, and it, as much as I really appreciate like printed books and. Um, you know, the having a, a one-on-one interaction with an instructor or, um, you know, an instructor in a classroom with a bunch of other people. Um, this this is our situation right now and what we have to cope with. And, um, you know, giving your kids a little bit more screen time in, in an educational platform uh, is going to give you more time to work on other things, give you a little bit more peace. Um, and it's also going to keep your kids on track. So yeah, and, and some of the things that you mentioned would also be of interest to artists. Or I know, oh, that, absolutely. And there's a lot of uh, I I keep seeing on Facebook people posting things like you know so and so's museum has all these books available or um, this exhibition online and that sort of thing. So. Well, uh, yeah. and I really think that there's there's two kinds of people who we can divide people into based on their reaction to this. And there's going to be people who, um, you know, sit around and watch Netflix or the news all day um, and wait for the latest bit of uh, panic-inducing information to come into their ear holes. Um, or there's going to be people who are looking at this as an opportunity to improve themselves, um, to catch up on things that, that have been going by the wayside. Uh, and, and education is a big part of that. And if there's some skill that you've been thinking, Hey, I'd like to get into that. This is a great time to learn something new. Right. Education is not just for kids. So, Right. (laughs) right. And I also want to mention it, it just occurred to me, um, if you've never heard of overdrive, this is a, a free service through your library, through your public library. So maybe you're not going out to the library right now, but you can borrow many, many books uh, and audiobooks free through your library using this app. And we can put some of these um, things on, on our website uh, so that you can, you know, you get these uh, URLs, but yeah, I'll try to put some links into the uh, into the description for this episode. Yeah, and and I use Overdrive all the time. I mean, it's you read it on your phone, in other words, like in your Kindle app or something, and it's a way to have a pretty constant stream of reading material without having to go out. So, um, so I wanted to move on to um, this financial question because you know it's huge and there's no easy answers at all, and and some people. I mean, we all gonna we're all taking a hit, and some people will suffer more than others with this. I would say, like you were talking about, Ross, if you do have resources and you're not suffering particularly right now, to be generous and and to spend money where it will help people around you, like in your local small businesses. Um, if you're able to buy art right now, um, many artists would appreciate that. <laughs> And so being aware that if you have those kind of resources, you can use them uh, to help your community and help other artists. Uh, This will feel good and will be a a big thing. Um, On the other hand, you know, if you're feeling this fear and this impending doom with your finances, 
you know, you're not alone. Uh, this is hitting everybody. We're all going to be experiencing it to some extent. So um, one of the other things that I see coming up when I'm on social media are people brainstorming for ways to create uh, income stream that will still work in this present situation. And I think we, I think you can think about, are there any services that you can offer that kind of suit the present situation? And um, if you, if you're a teacher, if, I mean, uh, uh, if you would teach workshops or if you're an art teacher and you're basically at home um, and things are all canceled, your classes are canceled could you do something like create an online class? Uh, this field can seem crowded, for sure, but I know that artists are constantly looking for new ideas. And I think the key to this is is to figure out what is your specialty? What What is your niche? What have you developed personally that's, that's not generalized, it's a specific thing? Maybe you're really good at um, explaining color or something like that, you know, like this particular thing and developing um, a short online course that people would pay for that is done as professionally as you're able to with the current resources and situation. You know, even if an artist has heard six other people talk about color, it does not mean that they're not interested in what you have to say about it. There's a really insatiable thirst out there for for knowledge and understanding. So I wouldn't discount that possibility. And it could, it could be uh, something that could bring in money. And it's the kind of thing that once you do it, then the income becomes, I guess you call it passive. I mean, you've already put it out there and then you, you have to promote it, but it, it will still continue to create income over time. Um, you can also think about things like offering online mentoring if you're a professional artist and you have enough skills to do that or um, critique service, um, people sending you images and you offer your professional opinion about their work. Uh, you could, if you are used to working with children, maybe you could offer some sort of online children's art class. And this could apply to people that have been, you know, basically laid off the public school system. Um, you could do ebooks. You could offer a small um, series of instructional ebooks. So these kind of things, yeah, they take some time to develop. Any of these would take weeks probably to put together. But at the same instance, we all seem to have a lot of time right now. So if you were to get started on this, find something and put your time into it, it could pay off. Because again, we don't know how long any of this stuff is going to keep impacting us. Or I think the financial impact um, seems to be pretty long term. So, you know, getting a start on it now, whatever it might be, is a good idea. Well, and I think you hit on something really useful there with, um, you know, something for kids. Um you know, as, as we were just talking about, a lot of these parents are looking for something that their kids can be working on that'll occupy them. Right. And uh, a lot of artists would love to have some kind of like online art curriculum for for kids of various ages. Absolutely. Um, and you know what? I'm just going to put it out there. If one of our listeners develops that curriculum, we'll go ahead and give you a shout out for free on Absolutely. the Messy Studio. And yeah. uh, try to put you out there to to all of our artist listeners because that's going to be your base, and uh, especially if it's something that's fairly low cost for parents, um, I think you'll end up seeing a lot of people buying it. So I I agree, and you know this is something that even when schools get back and running, this kind of supplementary art experience is something a lot of parents would like to have for their kids. So um, think about that, and even if. Even if your specialty is not children, um, you can probably come up with some things that relate to your own art practice that kids could do and do a little tutorial about it online um, for for people to, to access. So, yeah, that's a whole kind of uh, category of things that I don't think we've ever talked about before, but it certainly is a great one. Um, so I guess I wanted to wrap up... Uh, by talking about the kind of things that we can 
occupy ourselves with that are not directly producing art um, or producing income. And we all have tons of these as artists, things we never get around to doing, right? Um, so you're going to have this these extra hours, and you can make them productive. And I think any of us can make a huge list, but here's what I have. Um, cleaning and organizing your physical studio, whatever it is. And, you know, if you have your studio around the house, there's going to be something that you could do to um, improve that. We all have financial records that we're, um, most of us, I'm going to guess, are behind on things like um, your expenses and things like that. So, you know, getting those up to date. I know it's not a lot of fun, but on the other hand, you'll feel really good when you get it done. And a lot of us are doing this anyway right now because of tax time. But maybe setting up a really good system where you can do this ongoing, uh, a spreadsheet or something that's going to help you. We all have a lot of computer stuff that we put aside. We, you know, for example, like um, uh, outdated files. I, I'm kind of horrified when I look at my documents and see, you know, all this stuff about a workshop that I taught five years ago or something. Uh, maybe it's time to get that off my computer. <laughs> photos. I mean, how many of us have millions of photos that could be deleted or gone through? This stuff could occupy endless hours. Again, it's not that entertaining, but it, it's sort of a drag on us sometimes to realize how unorganized we really are. Most of us, I know there are people that actually are organized, but most of us are not. And we need to catch up on these things. Um, Jenny Herzog mentioned an idea, an artist that um, is a listener, to set up a web page to try and sell some of your older work. And this relates back to the financial question as well. A lot of us don't know what to do with this older work. And we, we can, uh, you know, we keep our website up to date. We don't have that older stuff on there. It's probably sitting in our studios and this is a good time to figure out what to do with that stuff or try to sell it. Um, I would say it probably reduced prices since people are feeling pinched. But there still are collectors out there who maybe they're homebound and they would like to think about adding to their art collection. And maybe this is a good way to do it. Um, in terms of computer work, I think it's not a bad thing to reach out to your galleries. And I'm planning to do this. And tell them, you know, I totally understand the current situation. Your doors may be closed. Um, everything is kind of shutting down. But maybe it's an, a time to talk about, kind of evaluate the work that you have there. Would they like something new when things do get going again? And kind of touch base and um, engage them a little bit at this time when things are kind of shutting down. And maybe it's a really good time because they have time to give some thought to you and your what you're doing there. Um, and we've mentioned a couple of other things. I mean, these kind of online research and reading, um, those sort of things, and reaching out to other artists to just kind of chat. These are all related things to our studio practice, and they can all help us feel engaged and connected. So... That's kind of my list here of positive things. And I, as I mentioned, other artists have weighed in on this via Facebook or messaging. I mentioned a few names, but there are other people also that, sorry if I didn't mention your name, but I've been collecting some ideas. And I hope that when we put this uh, post, when we publish this episode and we put it up on our Facebook page, that this is a good time for you to weigh in and say, oh, here's an idea. You know, here's what I'm doing. And together, I think we can keep ourselves going <laughs> through this. Yeah. And, um, you know, my my thoughts on this whole thing is that there's a there's as as horrifying as this whole thing is and, and people are really suffering. Um, I think that the best thing to do is going to be to focus on what's positive and try to maintain a good mental attitude. Um, and, and try to see the best in, in every situation. Um, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of us are going to have more time to work in the studio or work on other projects, um, to catch up on things that have been going by the wayside, either chores or reading or, um, 
you know, things like that, that we just haven't felt like we had the time to, to work on. And, uh, and I think that we can also, uh, you know, I, I, it's super, super important throughout your life, as long as you're working, uh, to be improving yourself, uh, through education. Um, education doesn't stop when you graduate. It's, it's something that you need to continue your whole life and stay up to date on stuff. And, there's always some new skill you can learn or some way that you can uh, improve yourself or improve uh, your chances of, of uh, earning a better income. And so I think that those are, those are things that are really important to focus on. And I also think that it's really a good time to focus on your family. Um, you're going to be forced to spend more time with your family throughout this whole thing. And, uh, and I've been talking with some people who are kind of like, oh yeah, I got the kids at home. I can't get anything done. And, uh, and, and I understand that that's a, that that's a struggle, but I think it's a great time to, um, you know, include your kids in, in more of your life and to really appreciate being able to spend that time with them. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, bring them into the studio, even if that's, if that's a possibility, uh, give them some, you know, acrylic paints or something non-toxic, some markers or something to play with and, uh, and really try to, to introduce them to what you do for a living. Um, and I, I think that there's, there's really, there's positive things that, that we can make out of every bad situation, including this one. Yeah. Well, that sounds like. That was a good wrap up. Usually you ask me what the wrap up is and I'd say that was a good wrap up. But Are we know, just going to roll with that? Yeah, but I did want to mention a couple one more thing, you know, when I as far as I my own wrap up thought, you know, back in uh episode 94 we did this one about ebbs and flows and it was a popular episode because it it uh, resonated with what people go through as artists, you know, these downtimes or whatever. And I'm thinking, okay, what we're going through now is this enormous universal ebb you know and and i i do believe and i think we have to have faith that the flow will follow and it may take a while to get there uh but remembering the kind of things we talked about there but sort of expanding on it to uh a much bigger scale is what we're going through um and I, I also wanted to close with this quote I saw online from Toni Morrison, the author Toni Morrison. And she's a writer, of course, so this is about writing, but it easily applies to um, art. And uh, she said, This is precisely the time when artists go to work. There is no time for despair, no place for self-pity, no need for silence, and no room for fear. We do language, and I would paraphrase, we do art. Uh, That is how civilizations heal. I thought that was a powerful quote, so let's end with that. All right, well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and www.squeegeepress.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.